homeschool friends and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Sabrina and I'm here with Vicki and a new friend we have made, Dennis Denoya of Mr. D Math. So hi. Hi. Thank you for making time to talk hi. with us. Vicki and I are, and we're just going to say it, Right from the beginning, Vicki and I are somewhat math-impaired homeschool moms. So we are hoping that talking with you is going to help our listeners get some practical strategies and encouragement for facing high school math with their homeschoolers, even if they are math-impaired moms. Totally Tell us great. a little bit about Mr. D. Math and your background and who you are. Sure. Well, first of all, I love home. What, how you said that? What do you said? Uh, homeschool impaired mom? No, math impaired moms, yeah. not homeschool impaired, but math impaired homeschool moms. There we go. Math impaired homeschool moms. We could maybe make up an acronym and then you could be in like the DSM, DSMR4, whatever that thing is, right? And you know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, I've been, I've been in education since 1988, so I've been been around. He's been around for a while. Uh, I got involved, well, and I tell people I'm, I'm a recovering uh, classroom teacher. So I left the public school system, <laughs> let's see, last year it was, it was 2005. And in 2010, I discovered how to record videos and started learning more about technology. So I started writing courses. Uh, I ran a tutoring company in St. Pete, Florida. At the same time I was teaching, um, as most classroom teachers do we go to our second jobs in the afternoon so we can pay bills right right um so in doing that that's you know for me i tell people that i got trained as a really as a math person not from being a classroom teacher but from running a tutoring center so for me whenever in one week i might see five different students all taking the same course but all coming from different schools with different teachers, with different textbooks, different learning styles, different ways of doing things, different expectations. So you start seeing that over and over again over the course of several years, you start getting pretty good at this. And so that really was, you know, my training, my background, my and my uh, my own graduate work in, in college was actually in counseling and psychology. And that was more for me so I could have a better understanding of how people learn and, you know, how, how people are thinking and what are they thinking about. So that when it came time to create math courses, I was looking at it not only from the math, but how do you, how do you actually get into someone that doesn't like it or is in the impaired math learning world? So that's kind of the... Uh, that's kind of my background, what we've been doing. Uh, I've been, I took about five years to write courses and I, oh my goodness, I think I recorded over 500 math videos and I've been recording ever since then and now with uh, SAT prep and ACT prep and things like that and I make some videos for people from time to time if they, if they need something. So that's it. That's, how's that? That is my background. How's that? <laughs> That's great. So it sounds to me, now correct me if I'm wrong, but that there is not one right way to teach math because people are individuals and they may not always learn the way a particular text or a math class presents the material. Absolutely. There, you know, it's like if you're going to if you're going to diet and exercise, guess what? There's not one right diet and exercise program to do either. Right. I think learning math is exactly the same thing. And even even young people tell me they so, well, I didn't get the answer the way you did. Is that okay? Well, of course, there's more than one way to get to the answer as well. So, if it works, use it, right? <laughs> Okay, but see, that's revolutionary to me, because this is part of the reason that I'm math impaired. I 
don't think that I ever had anyone say that to me, ever. And I think that I never understood. I, I listened to one of your podcasts about the language of math, which was just, like, eye-opening. Like, there's a language? C can you talk about that? Because that was, like, amazing. Oh, sure. Okay, you ready? So I, I looked up the definition of language. <laughs> thought, why not? What does it mean? Because that was the, okay. you know, there's one thing that, you know, people, people are always like, well, I don't get it, I don't get it. And they, they struggle with word problems. And I was like, well, what is it about the word? And it finally started to dawn on me, us math guys, we write in symbols. We don't like words anyway, you know? So, <laughs> so, I, so I look up the definition of language and it's a, a systematic means of communicating by the use of conventional sounds or symbols. I memorized that. It's pretty good, eh? <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> that was impressive. Are you like that? So, you know, if you think about what a system, you know, it, you look at math and like that as a language, all of our language is like that. It's a system. And we communicate and we use conventional sounds or symbols. So can you apply math to that? Well, sure, it's a system. And we communicate. Just like if I say to people, if I say five plus five, you say what? Ten. Exactly. So we're communicating. Exactly. Right? Which is great, right? <laughs> And if I showed you the symbols with a, with a five and then that little T thing and a five and an equal sign and then a one and a zero, you'd still say five plus five equals ten because the symbols are the same. And the symbols are the same whether the math course is written in the English language or the Spanish language or, you know, it's like it doesn't matter. Like you look in a textbook, right? right? It's the same. The symbols are the same. So you can still communicate without having to speak a particular spoken language. So I started looking and I thought, well, what if I just approached it like a language and what would that be like for young people? And then I had this amazing revelation that when you're looking at a word problem, not all the words that are in the word problem actually mean anything in math. And so I started focusing on, well, how do you just figure out which words are the words that are math words so you don't have to deal with the ones that aren't? And that's oh. my kind of my whole kind of a, a whole way that the courses got started as well. And that's what I put in the first chapters of the pre-algebra and algebra one courses is so that, that we start looking at decoding the language and translating, more translating from English to math and what it looks like. That, that is so impressive. <laughs> that's what happens when you hang around this stuff for 30 years, right? <laughs> it's such a different way of framing it, though, and that... I, I don't think I ever framed math in my head anywhere. I, I don't think I ever had a place to put it. So I couldn't process it and decode it and make sense of it. And you're, you're going to laugh and you're going to think that I'm just saying this because we're having you on our podcast. But I kind of want to go back and take high school math again, which is a, is a horrifying thing to hear come out of my own mouth. <laughs> but I'm thinking maybe I could learn to do math. And I really struggled with it. So I'm really impressed by your approach and your philosophy. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It, and it seems to be working. So, you know, our students are happy. Moms are happy. So life is good, right? <laughs> right. So tell us about the curriculum you've developed. What are the courses that are there? How are they accessed? Just shameless self-promotion. Go for it. There you go. Okay. Well, it's quick and easy. Um, there's, I started I started with a pre-algebra course and started writing course. That was the first course, and then we added Algebra 1 and up through, all the way up through pre-calculus. So it goes, my sequence goes up pre-algebra, Algebra 1, then geometry, Algebra 2, pre-calculus. And then we do SAT prep and ACT prep on the math side, and that's always based on whenever a test date is. So students can practice right before the test, about six weeks before the test. 
um, to get to the site and see when we do the courses. That's at mrdmath.com, M-R-D-M-A-T-H.com. And we do the courses in two ways. Kids can either do the course as a self-paced course, so they, they have streaming videos. The course is entirely web-based, and so they have streaming videos that they can pause, they can start, they can move around, and so they can do their practice problems while they watch the video, which is a little different than some other of the kinds of video programs out there. Or kids can do a live class with us, and we do live classes during the week. They're scheduled times, and they're on the website, and students can meet, uh, meet us once a week, and we go through with them what we want them to work on, what we think is going to work for them to have them work inside of a 34-week school year. So we start in August, and we end in May, and then we give them scheduled dates of due dates and things like that. Uh, and then we also do extra help sessions for kids. So two times per week, students, if they've got a question, they can just log on and it's a live uh, question and answer session. They just come in and they say, hey, you know, this is, this is Johnny. I'm from South Carolina and I'm, I'm in Algebra 1 and I'm stuck on this problem. And then we work with them. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's pretty much And they can email us when they have questions as well. It sounds very friendly. It's, it is friendly. Well, in, I, you know, and, and when, when young people email me questions, that's sometimes when I have the most fun because, you know, they don't know how to ask a question, right? So they're like... They send me an email and they're like, I'm stuck on number seven. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, and then, so I send them an email back and I'll say, okay, well, can you send me a picture, of, take a picture of your work with a cell phone and email it to me or somehow however you can get a picture of your work and, and send me an email. And the funniest thing happens when they do that, most of the time they send me the email back and then by the time they get back to look at their work and take a picture of it, they'll say, Oh, I figured it out. It's like, oh, that's amazing. How about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. So the key to difficult math problems is to take a picture of it with your cell phone? There you go. That's right. It's, it's math selfies. That's it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, wow. It's going to be a revolution. Yeah, math well, selfie revolution. <laughs> actually, you know, you know what really the secret of that is? I mean, the math selfie is kind of cool. But really the secret of that is if the kids actually start looking at their own work, they usually figure it out. That's the mm. secret. <laughs> All right. We actually are, the way that we have the kids do practice problems is that their job is to grade their own work and then come show mom what they did. We don't want moms grading the work. Oh, here you go. Ready? Math impaired moms, you're about to go, oh, love it. Uh, we don't want you grading their work because you probably don't know how to do it. So you're not the best person to grade it, right? Or, right. or now you are in a high school class and you're learning math again and you probably have some other things that might be a little more on the high priority list than that. And so what we want students to do is to grade their own work when it comes to their practice problems. And then the computer grades all their quizzes and tests, but their practice problems, it's, a, it's an opportunity for them to see what they're doing. And what we find is they start showing their work because they're seeing everything worked out step by step. And they start seeing where they can catch their own mistakes. And in that moment, that's a real teachable moment for young people because if they're learning from where they made their own mistake, then it's more long-term learning as opposed to short-term learning that's going to stay with them. And, that, and then moms right. are more about just, well, tell me what you did. And then young people have an opportunity to, to speak and talk about math, which they're, that's a whole new learning skill too, to be able to say to mom, well, here's what I did and here's I got that one. And, this is, and they'll always tell you the ones they got wrong because they're proud of themselves for correcting their mistakes. So they want to say, look, I got this one wrong and here's what I did wrong and I fixed it. And we, we've got learning happening and you have that happening. Life is good. Yeah. And they're coming at it using different parts of their brain and, and articulating it different ways so that in the mistakes that they've made and they've caught and corrected, they're now reinforcing that 
corrected learning. Right. That takes, what it does is it takes the responsibility off the mom for being the expert. And I guess, I guess, Dennis, your background in psychology, it sounds kind of like a counseling session. You know, the clients, I work as a counselor, the clients come to me and they say, I've got this problem. And I go, hmm. (laughs) And then they start explaining it. But the answer is already within them. And our kids have the capability of learning. And as they work through the process, of grading their own papers and explaining it to mom, they are gaining that education and insight. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it, it works. It's been great so far, so it's good. Yep. <laughs> That's great. You're a psychologist as well, right, on. Yeah, I've got something to come in there. Okay, so if you had to give somebody your one takeaway... So, like, um, if you're a homeschool mom and you're intimidated because next year is Algebra 2 and that was your stopping point, so, like, what do you tell a mom who's going, next year is Algebra 2? <laughs> okay, you're going to love this. You ready? Okay, moms, uh-huh. if you're worried about Algebra 2 next year, just remember that you're not the one taking it. Your kids are. <laughs> oh, that was good. A good one, right? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you're welcome to sit. Much, yeah. Right, here you go. And moms, you can sit in on the class. You can watch what's going on. As a matter of fact, it's funny because in our courses, right, parents have a login to the course and so do kids. But parents aren't allowed to take quizzes and tests, only students, because it's the students that are in the course. So moms, sit back, relax, right. let the kids teach you. It's way more fun that way. <laughs> That's great. And that fits with, we talk a lot on the Homeschool High School podcast about encouraging and equipping your teens to take ownership of their own learning and especially the closer they get to graduation because you're really not supposed to go to college with them or into their first career job with them and sit next to them and make it happen. They really do need to own this stuff as adults and it sounds like you have provided a nice bridge with these math classes where it's the teen as the one taking the course and correcting and grading their own work and doing the learning and that's as it should be right and and you know i think the great thing is then we have the you know kind of like i call it like a backup system right we have quizzes and tests so the computer is going to let you know how you're doing and then we can check and see moms have access to this i have access to this the students have access to this but we can see their grades at any time so you can tell right away if something's not going well yeah, you know, just keep an eye out. So I, I think for moms, they're more like the accountability coach. That's that's mom's new role when it comes to Algebra 2. Good. That's know, a great like that. title. <laughs> accountability. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think we need to make T-shirts or something to say, you know, accountability coach. Yeah. Right. A lot, of, a lot of us need that reminder when we look in the mirror. That's good stuff. <laughs> well, thank you very much for giving us insight into why High school math does not have to be the most terrifying thing that you've, you've ever faced as a homeschool mom. And so tell us again quickly, what website should people find to uh, learn more? Mm-hmm. It's mrdmath.com. So M-R-D-M-A-T-H, all one word, dot com. That sounds great. And with that, we are going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> so homeschool moms, high school moms. There is hope and support when it comes to math, and you should look into that if math is stressing you in your homeschool. And so, thank you for joining us. This has been the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7SistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.
Seven Sisters encourages you to take advantage of other terrific podcasts from the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Tune in to Brain Coach Tips with Dr. Jan Bedell. Each week, receive practical brain-building tips that have proven to be life-changing for thousands who have applied these principles to make life and learning easier. Your host, Jan Bedell, PhD, started a journey in 1992 that transitioned her from desperate homeschool mom of a struggling learner into her master neurodevelopmentalist with her new knowledge of how to optimize brain function, coupled with her previous experience as a public, private, and homeschool teacher. Jan understood that there was more to education than just technique and curriculum. She found hope and help for her daughter through the neurodevelopmental approach and now conveys her passion by teaching you ways to stimulate brains of all ages. So whether your child is typically developing, gifted, struggling, or has a disability, join brain coach Jan Bedell as she shares knowledge that has helped children, teens, and adults reach their true God-given potential.